to Kingston Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. I thank you for listening and downloading today's episode. For starters, I'm going to add a new segment today. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do this every day. Uh, on this day, and I know some of you don't listen to this in real time. That's fine. It's still going to be um, some trivial stuff. But today is January 15th. And on this day in 1967... Ray Davies produces a recording session for a band called the Ivies. And um, none of the recordings from this session uh, were officially released. They came out later in bootlegs and stuff, but they weren't official releases. But they they recorded three demo songs during this session. And this is kind of notable because the Ivies would go on the next year to sign uh, at Apple Records, which was owned by the Beatles. Uh, and change their name to Badfinger and become a huge rock band in the early 70s. So Ray Davies produced some demos. The Beatles signed them. Paul McCartney writes one of their biggest hits. George Harrison produces one of their biggest hits. Um, so the Kinks and Beatles connection to this little band, the Ivies, who, like I said, would later become Badfinger, uh, goes back pretty far. We're talking uh, 1967. At least. Probably end of 66. So that was today in Kinks and Beats, Beatles history. Um, I'm looking for your input. I want to include people in this podcast. We had a caller included on uh, the Definite Maybe podcast. And um, there's a couple that are waiting um, to be included in future episodes about songs they've called in about. But I'd like to have more. So give me a call. 925-494-1739 and tell me what your favorite or least favorite Kinks and Beatles song is and why. It doesn't have to be a long message. Just a quick quick message. Why you love this song, why you can't stand this song. If you can't stand Hey Jude or Waterloo Sunset, I want to hear that take. I want to hear what... um, what was happening the first time you heard that song that ruined it for you? Um, so 925-494-1739. Call as often as you want, but um, please leave a separate voicemail for every message or for every song so that I can have um, a different one for that particular podcast. So go ahead and do that. And you can also email me kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And if you visit Hero Habit, we have completely revamped our community features, and uh, they're very cool now. You can make a beautiful profile page, um, and it behaves a lot like Facebook does, but there are groups there. I have a Kinks and Beats group that I would love for you to come and join, and let's get some chat started. I'm tired of dealing with Facebook and Twitter and all the noise on those social networks, so let's just come and chat about something we all enjoy and uh, in a place that's not harvesting your information for profit. Okay, so today we're talking about one of my favorite early Kinks songs. All Day and All of the Night. Classic song. Quintessential British Invasion 60s rock and roll. It was released on October 23rd, 1964 as a single backed with um, I Gotta Move. And this does not feature Mick Avery on drums. Bobby Graham is playing drums on this track. So here's the timeline. Sometime in late September 1964, Ray writes All Day and All the Night, and I Gotta Move, incidentally. 
but we'll talk about that on a future podcast. Uh, a few days later, on September 24th, they record the composition. Um, both songs on this single were recorded in one three-hour session. They showed up at 10, they were done at 1, and they had the A-side and the B-side finished. Now, yesterday we talked about Obladi Oblada that took over 40 hours to record that one song, and they didn't even release it as a single in America or Britain. But the Kinks, these are their early days. They don't have a lot of time. They're squeezing sessions in between uh, concerts and television appearances and radio broadcasts. And so they get it done in three hours in the morning. And for all the musicians out there, uh, y'all know how tough it is to record in the morning. Your fingers don't work right. Your voice sounds horrible. So to actually turn out a good performance at 10 a.m., that is going to be one of those performances that is immortalized. You know, it, it, this song is still played on commercials and movies and on classic rock radio over 50 years later, um, 56 years later at this point. So they turned that performance in. It's lasting forever. They gave it an hour and a half worth of work in the studio. They rehearsed it and stuff before that. Uh, and then two days after that, they're performing it live at a concert in Wales. So we're looking like probably, you know, September 20th, it gets written somewhere in that neighborhood while they're on the road. September 24th, it's recorded. September 26th is part of the live set. And then October 23rd, it is a hit single all over the world. That's an incredible timeline. And you just don't see bands working to that ethic anymore where they would just turn out, oh, I wrote a good song. Why wait? You know, let's put it out. And in today's day and age, it's even easier because, you know, you can get it on iTunes and Spotify in six minutes. So as soon as it's recorded, but back in these days, it had to be recorded and mastered and then sent off to the presses and the album. Well, this one probably didn't have album artwork since it was a single, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that went into it and distribution and you had to sell it to the record stores. They had a month to sell this new single. The press release came out. Um, uh, I didn't write it down. I think it said the end of September. So they had like a month at best to uh, get this single sold to record stores and, and get it shipped to radio stations. So these guys were working overtime, you know, both within the band and their, and their, uh, the people associated with the business side of everything, the record producers, the mastering engineers, the pressings, the distribution, the, all that, all that stuff. We we're working overtime to get all these bands, the kinks, the stones, the Beatles, all of them. Um, just churning out product at an incredible pace. So uh, Dave said of this recording, it was a great record full of aggression and natural, unashamed, youthful abandonment, pure, unadulterated passion. Can't disagree with that. So musically, you'll hear some people say, um, they'll call this a power chord song. If you hear someone say that, tell them they're wrong. This is not a power chord song. Nobody was playing power chords in 1964 yet. Dave uh, is playing full bar chords. So a power chord is, so your regular chord has three tones in it, a root, a third, and a fifth. 
All right. And then obviously because the guitar's got six strings, you're doubling up some of those notes. But like a regular G chord just has a G, a B, and a D. Right? So if I strum this chord, I'm playing a G, a B, a D, a G, a B, a B, and another G. So there's notes getting doubled up. A power chord takes out the third. So it's just a one and a five. And so when you do that, you have like this uh, ambiguous tonality. Is it major? Is it minor? Who knows? Bands like Green Day um, use this all the time because you can also use it as like uh, a riff. Right? And so it, it harmonizes with itself. But Dave wasn't doing power chords. He was doing full chords. And that note right there... That's what makes it a major chord or, you know, minor chord. So whenever you see it written or hear, hear it said that they're playing power chords, it's a, it's a mischaracterization of what's actually going on. He's playing full chords. Pretty simple progression. G to F. So he's just going down a whole step. And then from F, he goes up a fourth to B flat major. So it's a one chord. Uh, well, not really. Uh, he's doing the G and then down a whole step to F, up a fourth to B flat, and then back down to G. And the, what makes this a cool hook is B flat is a minor third above G. So you've got this B natural in the G chord, and then the B flat in the B flat chord. So that's a hook. It's it's a good earworm. So he does that a few times, and then he shifts to uh, the only time back to B flat to one F, and then goes up to A. So here the intervals are the same, but he shifts it all up a whole step, and then he shifts up again uh, up a minor third to C, uh, or up a fourth to D. Okay, so he's just doing the same interval. He just keeps shifting it up the guitar. Now, we're going to talk about this. If you've never heard this or noticed this before, I apologize for potentially ruining both songs. But there is a controversy that this song sounds a whole lot like The Doors' Hello, I Love You, which came out a few years after. Um, Ray apparently doesn't care. Dave took a little bit more... Uh, issue with it. So let's do it. Not content to be with you in the daytime. Girl, I want to be with you all of the time. And then we go, hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? Hello, I love you, let me jump in your game. It's pretty similar. Uh, depending on who you ask or what you read, it was unintentional. Uh, it's been said that <laughs> this is the stupidest argument you can make as a musician. Uh, when Ray Manzarek was approached about, you know, did you guys lift that riff? His response was, no, 
the essence of the song was actually Cream Sunshine of Your Love. So it's like, oh, so what you're saying is, no, we didn't steal from the Kinks. We stole from Cream. It's a solid argument. Um, and it's also said that uh, British courts deemed it as copyright infringement. And so Ray Davies gets a cut of the uh, Hello, I Love You royalties. I don't know if that's true. A lot of this seems to be grounded in rumors and stuff. But uh, either way, the songs are remarkably similar. But one is remarkably more exciting than the other. And I will let you guys decide which one I think that is. All right. So that's um, All Day and All the Night. Huge hit for the Kinks. Still performed to this day. Ray Davies did it on his uh, Kinks Choral collection and the accompanying tour. And it's just a straight ahead rock and roll uh, high energy tune that I enjoy greatly. You know, it's a lot like You Really Got Me, but then again, it's also pretty different than You Really Got Me. So it's a cool song. And um, again, if you haven't heard it in a while, follow the playlist on Spotify for Kinks and Beats Daily, where you can listen to all of the week's episodes in advance. I post every Monday, I post all the songs we're going to talk about that week on the Spotify playlist. So you can get um, re-familiar with songs you haven't listened to in a while or just refresh your memory and, you know, going into it. Also, if you swing by herohabit.com on Fridays, I update the master list of all the shows we've done with links and it's separated by album and by band. So you can do that. And like I said earlier, swing by the community and 925-494-1739. Give me a call. I want to hear your favorite or your least favorite Kinks and Beatles song and why. All right. Uh, we will talk again on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed and leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.